0: Hey, hey, hey. Happy Easter. Jake, it's not even close to Easter. Oh, well, see, I already kind of planned this Easter egg hunt and... uh, Egg hunt? Yeah. Do, Do you want to do that still?
1: Heck yeah. All right, let's do it.
0: Hey, 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 everyone. Awesome listeners to our awesome podcast.
1: Welcome back to Region Unlocked. My name is Jake. And my name's Cameron. Today we are recording June 25th, 2022.
0: Yes, we're back to a slightly irregular time. We're all uh, recording today on the same day for the first time in a long time, which is interesting. Jake, our
1: past two episodes were on the same day. Were they? Yes.
0: Oh, okay. Never mind then. We've already um, dressed. Must it. must be a... Okay, never mind then. Uh, forget I just said that. So anyway, Cameron, how's it going?
1: <laughs> I'm good.
0: How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm very toasty today, and my AC is blasting right now because it was uh, 95 today. Ooh! Really toasty, and I was, like, exploring downtown Tokyo... Oh my gosh, it was crazy. And for those of you who don't really follow Fahrenheit, that's 36 degrees Celsius, which is what I was constantly told today. So oh, dang. anyways, yep. <laughs> I know that's high. That's, it's, yeah, it is. It's pretty high. <laughs> Even um,
1: though I know 95 is high. Putting it in Celsius didn't change that.
0: Yeah. So there's still a lot of uh, um, temperature checks here in Tokyo, and we're just about at that point where we were going to be hotter than the temperature checker would allow. So. Oh, dang <laughs> Which is really interesting—the
1: forehead scanner,
0: yeah, the forehead scanner and like (laughs) the um, the the face scanner with the camera. So when we walked into a few places, they're just like, just just go, you're fine. Just sanitize (laughs) your hands because
1: everyone was checking too high. (laughs) So um, yeah, I see your your tapestries billowing in the wind behind you. Hopefully that they are. Hopefully your mic isn't picking up a bunch of AC. Uh, it shouldn't be. It, it's like aimed slightly
0: up, so I don't feel like any breeze coming down on me. It should <laughs> be slightly above my head. All right. And that pun just went over your head. No, I'm just joking. That was, that <laughs> it was a wasn't bad a pun. pun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, I was. I was. Uh, never mind. Never mind. All right. So we've got a fun uh, bit of information to share with all of you today. Um, Camera did some research, as did I. Um, but first, I guess let's talk about some of the things that we've been up to.
1: I'm sure it's been a lot. Cameron, what have you yeah. been up to lately? Uh, I've got a lot to talk about, actually. So Jake and I, yeah. we haven't seen each other in two weeks, and a lot of gaming things have happened. So first off, I did finish Minish Cap on Game Boy Advance, and it felt very good to to finish that, because I feel like I'd never really played through Game Boy Advance games to completion. and I enjoyed this one quite a bit. I wonder if maybe a remake will ever happen of that game. Not that it really needs it, but hmm. uh, really good. But uh, the big awesome. game I played is I finally moved on to Deathloop and played oh. all of that nonstop, basically, till I beat it. And have you heard of Deathloop or, or know anything about it?
0: I've heard of it. I don't know too much about it, though.
1: Okay. So let me fill you in. As well as our listeners So first off If you are a fan of Dishonored You will like this game It is made by the same people And has a very similar feel Uh, Though Dishonored Probably emphasizes stealth A lot more This game tells you You can play it stealth But you're going to have much more fun Going in guns a blazing Especially because there's no penalty (laughs) Really for that So, the main premise of this game is you are stuck in a time loop of this one day on this island that repeats over and over and over. Huh. But you remember each day that you're in a loop, and whatever you learn on one day and loop back, you still remember, as well as Juliana, who's this other character who's kind of hunting you, because you're trying to break the loop, she wants to keep the loop intact. And then everyone else on the island thinks it's the same day over and over again. They don't know that it's resetting. Well, I guess technically they they know that it's being reset, but they don't remember everything. Hmm. And so your goal is there are these eight visionaries, these people in charge, that you need to try to kill them all on the same day to break the loop. But Hmm. they are not all in the same place. It's impossible to kill them all on the same day. But as you keep playing and keep learning more... You are able to manipulate them to get them to be in the same place. So hmm. there's like um, a party that happens in one part of the island at the end of the day, and so you can do these things that will push four people to all be at that to all die at that party. Hmm. Uh, a few other things like that until you can actually pull it off and do it all on the same day. And it's just, hmm. it's a lot of fun. I really struggled to get into it just because it has a lot to teach you right off the bat. And okay. it's kind of overwhelming tutorial wise. Um, so I lost interest. But once you kind of power through that, it is it's great. Is really worth it. Because at hmm. the beginning, it, it has to teach you that, you know, that you are looping. And that if you die or finish out the day, you reset with nothing. Right. It's like literally restarting that day. And it's like, oh, gosh, I've done this like three times now. And you're losing your guns that you picked up. But then you start learning this new power where there's like this currency you can collect around the map and then like solidify your weapons. So they reset with you. So then it eventually gets to a point where resetting really means nothing. Okay. it's uh, the game is split up into four levels and four times of day. Okay, And so it, it kind of plays out like Majora's Mask. It'll feel oh. a lot like that where there's certain things happening in certain places at certain times. And you kind of learn that as you go. And so really it's like there's, there's four levels, but there's four levels of each level. Depending on hmm. what time you go, different things are happening. Um, it'll be a bright and sunny morning if you come there first. But if you come there in the afternoon, it's covered in snow, things like hmm. that. And anyway, I've gone on long enough about it, but it was great. And it's right now, it's still a PS5 exclusive, even though they're owned by Microsoft now. So (laughs) I'd recommend it if you have a PS5. I remember when this came out, it made a big stir because IGN gave it a 10. And everyone's like, whoa, what? This is a 10? (laughs) And, uh, you know, I did love it. It's not a 10, but it's still worth it so highly recommend it especially if you've played the Dishonored games which I know you haven't Jake (laughs) but you should yes Mm.
0: alright so that might have to be the next uh, game I add to my queue of unfinished games (laughs) that are really good that I just you know jump to back and forth while I play other games that I've already completed (laughs) it sounds cool though that's awesome
1: Uh, I got a little more gaming news so as you know, I'm reading Console Wars, so yeah. it's going a little slowly. It gets a little boring at times, but it's all about Sega, and it made it makes me nostalgic for Sega, even though I was never a part of that. Uh-huh. Uh, I watched the Sonic movie yesterday, the first one. Haven't seen the second one yet. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? No, not yet. It's uh, exactly what I expected it to be. A little too stupid, but I still enjoyed it. Okay. But Console Wars is really good. Uh, here's my little book report this week. So when we last left off, Sega had come up with their potential mascot, Mr. Needlemouse. And they eventually, they came up with the name Sonic. And it's becoming very clear to me that I know how this book is going to end. Partly because I, I do remember some of the history. And that is Sega of America and Sega of Japan just butt heads constantly. You can probably attest to this as well. Just the way business is done in both of our countries is so different. And culturally, things are just so, I don't know, what's the apples and oranges? Like, they're very, very different.
0: Yeah. Or maybe like, hmm, maybe like, you know, a vegetable and a fruit, like compare completely different foods altogether, Yeah, you know?
1: And like, there's even a guy, this uh, brilliant, marketing guy they had who said a lot through the book he's like look i'm not racist but i hate working with those guys like it's just <laughs> it's culturally again it's it's just so different and i understand that yeah. and part of that happened with sonic right at the beginning is uh the japanese president he calls tom kalinsky the american president he's like whoa we got sonic stay on the phone i'm faxing it over i want to hear you." your thoughts on Sonic. And so he waits for this fax and he pulls it out (laughs) and it's Sonic, but he's got like fangs. He's got a spiked collar. He's got a guitar and he's got this human girlfriend. Like Hmm. it's like just super Japanese and all the Americans look at this and they're like, what? How is this going to, how is this a Mario killer? Like this is literally a Mario (laughs) killer. (laughs) This is not, this is not what we want, and Japan's like, oh, that's uh, not the reaction we wanted. This we thought this was really good, and so the American team they brainstormed and redesigned him to to look like the goofball that is in Sonic One, kind of like kind of like short and cute, uh-huh. but still has a bit of that punk attitude, you know. Uh-huh. And they fax it back, and Japan's like, no, we hate this. And oh my Japan actually tried to make <laughs> it so there was two different Sonics. It's like, all right, here's the Sonic that represents Japan. You can have yours that represents America. Wow. And they they said, no, this is what we're going to go with. We have to stick with this. And Japan's like, oh, f- fine. And, you know, obviously in America, it is Sonic mania here. The way they marketed uh-huh. Sonic was so perfect. Like, they just... They nailed the attitude. They nailed the game. It was it was just so good, and you know, part of Sega's mindset was Nintendo. They they aim for the kids. We want everyone else, and yeah, that's really what they did. And they were really successful, partly because they had this big mall tour that they did across America, where at these malls they took Sonic. And then they took a Super Nintendo before it was even released here. Because, you know, it was out in Japan like a year earlier. Mm -hmm. And compared it, they had Super Mario World and Sonic side by side. And would have people come play them both. And like 80% of people were voting for Sonic. It was just this huge media blitz of them going... All over the country, they had. Uh, I think it was Nickelodeon would follow them and like air it on Nickelodeon. Like, where's the tour now? And like show clips of people playing. And they just—it's hmm. it, crazy how good Tom Kalinske and his team were at marketing. They really went in on this comparison between the two systems and the two companies, which is so weird because I—I I don't know what the actual rules are anymore. But the stuff mm-hmm. wouldn't fly today. Hmm. Like they straight up had Nintendo products in their commercials, comparing them. Okay, I don't know. Can you do that anymore, or has there just is there a respect where they just don't? Right, because hmm. they everyone sees yeah, themselves as a little different. <laughs> like for example, there's this one commercial because they had to be in your face. Like 90s Sega was. They might have made the 90s so in your face the way we perceive the 90s, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And yes. yep. they, they had this commercial, there's this guy playing his his Game Boy, and he's just like not having super fun, and looks down, and there's like a dead squirrel next to him. He grabs <laughs> the squirrel, smacks himself in the head, so he's all like woozy, and he's looking at his his game boy, and he's like, Whoa, color. Because that's oh, what gosh. he wanted. He wanted to see color. But yeah. then they're like, no, get the game gear. It's got real color. Don't need to hit yourself in the head with a squirrel. Oh, jeez. That is so 90s. <laughs> and then it wow. ends with the squirrel going, Sega!
0: That Oh, my gosh. That is not even surprising. Like, for anyone who's listening who does not remember the 90s, that was so 90s. <laughs> Just those, those ridiculous commercials that were almost shocking to a point.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Well, that's interesting.
1: One of my favorite things about reading through this book is, you know, it's it's written in a third-person fashion as if it was a fictional book, but it's mm-hmm. not. You read these stories, and then you can just go on your phone and look at exactly what it was talking about, and it's just this mm-hmm. cool immersion factor where there's a part where Tom is, he cannot think of a good commercial, and then one night he's watching... TV and sees this commercial of two guys standing on top of a bridge. says, don't try this at home. Okay. One guy, he leans down and, and pumps a little more air into his Reebok airs or whatever they're called. Uh-huh. And then they both bungee jump. And oh, then geez. it pans down and the, the guy with the Reeboks is just bouncing there and he looks over and the guy that was in the Nikes, it's just his shoes left. Oh my gosh. And He's like, Yes, wow. this is it. This is what I need to do. This is what I the the emotions I need to elicit from Nintendo versus Sega. And it's just crazy to read that and then just Google it and be like, oh, here it is. And watch that commercial from 1989 or whenever that was. And then huh. in, in other circumstances, they were talking about EGM. That's when EGM came along. And they got Sonic as the cover story in May of 1991. So I just look up, you know, RetroMag.com, and it's like, oh, there it is. There's the cover of that EGM, and it's just—it's so cool to tour through history with these visual aids that are just so, uh, I guess, impressive to us. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, that's quite the report there. I've gone on very over nice. a very long time. Uh, what's up with you? What games have you been playing?
0: I've been playing a few a few new ones. Yeah i started a game called genshin impact
1: oh have you uh, the, the weeb yeah. game
0: the weeb game the game that's all the freaking rage over here like everyone plays it over here yeah i realize there's probably more of a um i guess select niche of niche group of people that play it back over in the states but uh it's actually a really good game it's well put together it's very similar to the style of uh breath of the wild and mm-hmm. the uh art style, the way it plays out, like, even the enemy mobs. Like, it's just super, like, the open world and it's, it's just super reminiscent of Breath of the Wild. But it's it's almost like a social thing over here. Like, mm-hmm. most of the people I know play it, and you link up on there, and it's one of those games that got really popular because of the, uh, I guess, the, the gacha system, where you can, yeah. like, basically pay money and pretty much roll the dice and get a random character. But if you pay a certain amount, you can be guaranteed a certain high level character and that's what's getting people coming back to it. But I've not gotten to the point where I've <laughs> had to pay money for it yet. Yeah. Um let's just hope I don't have to. Uh mm. It's 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 hard though, for sure. That's one of the games I've been playing.
1: Yeah, that's always a tough question with free to play games. It's like, yeah. do I just do I try to milk it? Or do I <sighs> Because sometimes I look at it like if I were to buy a $60 game and uh-huh. got 20 hours of an enjoyment out of it, Yeah. if I'm getting 20 hours of enjoyment out of a free game, I shouldn't mm-hmm. feel bad spending some money on it. But it's weird. We mm-hmm. all have this. We just all have this thought that like, oh, it's free. It's like you shouldn't have done that company. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to play as much as I possibly can without even paying you. But really, there's <laughs> there's no problem with
0: doing that. You can but those games and those companies know how to get you and they know how to invest you enough into the story for the most part, or at least from what I've seen. Yeah. It, you will get to the point generally on a free to play game where like, yes, you can progress, but it's so incrementally smaller and smaller yes. that the progress just becomes so like almost non-existent to where you have to pay money if you want to get anywhere, you know, worthwhile. And at that point you've invested so much time already. Why not? Why quit in the middle when you can't progress any further unless you pay? Uh, that that's the that's that's the whole practice of where they get you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already fallen to that with Caravan Stories, <laughs> um, but Genshin Impact, a game that I started and have been playing somewhat regularly. Also, uh, I started Subnautica. I don't think I talked about that yet, but I think you you um, mentioned it last week, but didn't say anything okay. about it. All right. So that is the scariest non-scary game i've ever played and it's uh, it's it's very much a diving simulator with a lot of very cool fictitious uh science fiction editions you're on a planet where you have to basically survive and build a base all within the confines of under the sea and you can get the lassophobia very (laughs) strongly if you're scared of depths this game will get you especially when you start moving to deeper waters but like
1: so what is thalassophobia?
0: That that is fear of the deep. Like basically if you're if you got goggles on and you're in deep water and you look down and you're scared, that's thalassophobia. Okay. Like something's going to come out from the deep and Oof. you know that fear that many of us had that there was going to be a shark in the water <laughs> in the pool that was going to come get us. Yep. That's that's what it is. And that game does sometimes give me a little bit of anxiety and a lot of people reportedly too, especially when you get to super deep waters, but it's been fun it's been a thrill you know building a base underwater and trying to survive by collecting resources under the ocean while you're basically uh harvesting what you can out of your broken ship on your foreign planet that you're trapped on yeah it's fun and i guess game number three this well i guess to back up a little bit this past week i've been uh training at a new school in my colleague team of teachers has Mm -hmm. been during our lunch breaks playing super mario party on the switch yes and it has been amazing because i've been honing my party game skills (laughs) so so i'm sure a lot of the kids that were at the school were very entertained by us teachers (laughs) yelling very loudly Of course, uh, (laughs) we were having fun, yelling very loudly from the break room. (laughs) There were a few kids that peeped their heads in, and we had to explain to them what we were doing. But it's all cool, you know? It was fun.
1: And I do like that game. It's uh, one of the first Mario parties in a while to try new things, but they just didn't support it. There wasn't a ton of content. Mm -hmm. And seriously, there hasn't been an update since it came out, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And that was frustrating because then they made mario party all-stars which is good but it's like really you moved on from this that quick you couldn't Mm -hmm. throw in a few dlc characters or it's just like it's out and we're done all right yeah but again i'm glad you're playing it
0: yep i guess uh in the long run it's just fun to be able to play video games at school right oh always (laughs) guess we can start getting into the main meat and bones of what we've uh, been planning to talk about. What do you say, Cameron? The main dish Attraction of dish. eggs. <laughs> yes, The main dish of eggs, <laughs> of delicious eggs. Okay, today we're going to be talking about a concept that a lot of people have seen, but many of you have probably had to work or search to actually see because, Ooh. yes, we're talking about the very cryptic
1: and very fun Subject of Easter eggs in video games. Easter eggs in video games? That doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about, Jake? Why, I'm very glad you asked, Cameron. Now, when we hear the word Easter egg, what do we think
0: of? An egg that's probably colorful and pastel looking at Easter. In rabbits. In rabbits as well. But in a video game, it's something slightly different. Although sometimes it is literally an Easter egg, and (laughs) we'll talk about that very soon. Yeah, sometimes. Um, So anyway, uh, per Wikipedia, I'm going to give you a um, very basic introduction of what an Easter egg is. So an Easter egg is a message, image, or feature hidden in software, a video game, a film, or another usually electronic medium. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that's basically the most, I guess, simple of uh, definitions there is of an Easter egg, so easter eggs in video games is what we're going to be touching on today but i guess they've been included in all kinds of uh mediums from uh mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the dawn of whenever uh art was created stuff to uh, <laughs> stuff to find so first off let's talk about what we think of initially when we hear like the word easter egg in, in terms of what it is in a video game cameron what's something that first comes to mind when i talk about the word easter egg
1: yeah, so I I kind of define it in my head as it's like a wink, a wink to the audience, right? Okay. Either yeah. in a reference or just like a fun thing that doesn't really fit in that universe, but it's something for you to find. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, it's, it's not just video games. It's also pretty, it's huge in movies. And honestly, yeah, yeah. to uh, combine movies and games here, when I think of Easter eggs, the first thing I really think of is Ready Player One. Oh, okay. I haven't read the book, but if you've seen the movie, it literally could just be called Easter Egg the movie, where okay. <laughs> first off, their whole premise is to hunt down Easter eggs that are in the Oasis. They're called egg. They're called Gunter's, which is just Egg Hunters shortened, which sounds really stupid. <laughs> but um, have you seen that movie, Jake? Uh, I actually haven't. Oh. I know it's bad. Well, I mean, all it is, is like game reference after game reference after game reference. It's like, oh, there's Batman. There's Goro from Mortal Kombat. There's Tracer from Overwatch. There's some Spartans from Halo. And Uh there's, oh, there was the theme music from Back to the Future. And Uh it's just endless, endless Mm -hmm. references and Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. And that actually draws attention to the very first Easter egg. Oh, yes. Did you do uh, some research on that? Oh, I certainly did. <laughs> so uh, the very first video game Easter egg is actually, uh, I think it's it's from like a Moonlander game where there's a McDonald's yes. that you can yep, secretly Moonlander. land at. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think more formally, we recognize it from Adventure on the Atari. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the climax of, in Ready Player One has to do with playing adventure, where you find this secret hidden pixel, and you take it back to the start screen, and it shows created by Warren Robinette. Mm-hmm. And this was because back then, no game designers got credit, no. and there were no in credits. And actually, Atari was furious when this Easter egg was discovered, mm-hmm. but. One of the higher ups, Steve Wright at Atari, he's like, actually, people loved this. We should keep doing this. And Steve Wright, he is who coined the term Easter egg. Daddy did. However, I think there's some contention here. I don't know if you uh, know this, Jake, but Easter eggs appear in a movie four years before this in 1975. What movie is that?
0: In a movie? Yes. Oh, snap. I don't know. I was just doing video game uh, related research.
1: (laughs) Okay. Tell me. (laughs) So in the movie, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, you can (laughs) find three literal Easter eggs hidden throughout that movie because they had done an actual Easter egg hunt on set and did not find all the eggs. And so you can see eggs hidden throughout that movie literal oh easter eggs and it's like how is that not where this came from but apparently mm. no it wasn't coined until the atari thing
0: i remember hearing about that oh my gosh i i think we even like at one point because i i was in this show three times <laughs> <laughs> And we had to watch the movie many times for uh for practice and i know at one point i think we actually heard about this and tried to spot them i couldn't
1: tell you where they were I but, think one of the most prolific ones is like underneath the throne that oh like gosh. Frankenfurter's on. There, <laughs> yep. There's okay. like an egg yep. just right under it. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But along oh the lines gosh. of Atari doing that in credits thing, uh, Yuji Naka had the same problem with Sonic. He was the creator of Sonic, and uh-huh. again, they got no credit. And so you can't actually see this in the game, but it was just his kind of like fu to the studio. Is when you uh-huh. beat Sonic, there's a black screen. But yeah. on that black screen in black text, he put credits. Just so Oh. He knows it's there, but you can't actually see it. Wow. Oh my gosh. Like
0: I'm surprised the higher ups didn't, you know, foresee this happening, considering like the people who programmed the game are the ones who made it. Right. Like I would want my name in there as a as a credit if, if I put my heart and soul into it. But the whole yeah. issue, I think, was, you know, so other developers didn't see them and try to basically, you know, snag them or essentially poach that. Uh... You're exactly right. Yeah. So, mm. but still, I'm, I'm really glad eventually that it was seen by the higher-ups as a, as a positive thing because the person who did discover that first Easter egg in Adventure... They sent a photo in, and they seemed really excited about it. So that was that was, mm-hmm. that was the reason. Like, hey, this fan was excited. Let's let's make it a policy. I think he even said, "Let's make it a policy to add an Easter egg in every video game." Yeah, it's just it's just really interesting. I'm so glad that <laughs> that was
1: that was that was taken on. So, what about you? What uh, what things do you have to say? Uh, sorry things- if I stole some of your research and, and talking points. <laughs> No, that was
0: basically some of the same research that I, uh, that I um, found as well. So, let me get my bearings here.
1: While you find your bearings, movies that come to mind, uh, Marvel, tons of Easter eggs in there. It's always like a reference to a comic somewhere in the background or, or something that's connecting all the movies together. A lot of the end credit scenes, you could call those as Easter eggs. Um, mm mm-hmm modern star wars is just an easter egg that's all it is all modern star <laughs> wars is is like hey remember star wars remember this reference <laughs> it does nothing new it's just like yeah remember that
0: oh the big discussion point of star wars today that's exactly it like enough references to the old stuff let's make some new stuff
1: <laughs> yeah i'd say it's pretty similar with the, the new jurassic world movies as well mm-hmm. just okay too afraid to, to try new things, I guess.
0: But you know what? That's what keeps the uh, old fan base for sure. But still, yeah. I guess there's a healthy balance for everything. Um, the only other thing that I was going to mention about the uh, first Easter egg was after the Easter egg was found and that fan sent in the photo of it, that person... Um, oh, what was his name? Robinette? Warren Robinette? Mm-hmm. He had already left the company. And Atari was...
1: Yeah, oh. he had already
0: left the company after it was uh, discovered. So atari wanted to basically reset everything pull the game and like redistribute it but that's when the meeting happened and i guess uh uh steve wright made his uh his pitch and things were fixed so what? interesting right
1: yeah what a joke like why get so
0: angry about that but mm, all right executive nonsense I guess we can start talking about some examples. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure, oh, first off, we have both seen a lot of Easter eggs and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have too, haven't you guys? So <laughs> let's let's bring up some examples. What do you say? Let's do it. First one I can think of is, and I don't know why I thought of this one first, was in uh, Majora's Mask mm-hmm. on the re-released one on the DS in one of the pillars in Ikana Canyon, or the, uh, yeah, in, in Ikana Canyon, there is a paper airplane sitting on top of one of the pillars oh yeah isn't that cool like it's just so subtle and small but it's it's there
1: you just see it there's like no interaction or anything
0: there's no interaction so a good example of an easter egg like a developer was probably bored and decided to put a paper airplane there Hmm. i like it and that's one more thing i wanted to mention earlier as well that brings up a good point easter eggs are not essential to completing the game yeah or completing the main story generally But sometimes they're essential to completing the game, like getting everything 100%.
1: Yeah, especially achievement-wise. The achievements want you to find those Easter eggs.
0: And in this day and age, a lot of achievements are centered around finding Easter eggs. So there's that.
1: Especially the orange box. A lot of the achievements that you have to uh, do to complete Half-Life 2 like uh-huh. there's a bunch of a bunch of silly easter eggs like there's this sewer tunnel you can go in and there's just a singing vortigaunt at the end which is the alien species in that game and you can just listen to okay. him sing and it's like not at all important just a, a fun thing to find that's awesome hmm well,
0: i guess we'll talk a little bit more about portal here in a bit there's some good easter eggs there true um the second one i can think of is uh in dead rising mm-hmm. in the mall <laughs> there's a A shop called Jill's Sandwiches. You probably
1: saw this, didn't you? You were
0: almost a Jill sandwich. Yeah, in Resident
1: Evil. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, but you should know, the dialogue and voice acting in the original Resident Evils is just awful. And uh, (laughs) there's a moment in one of them where you hear this line. That was too close. You were almost a Jill sandwich.
0: You're right. Barry, thanks for saving my life.
1: And that's where we get Jill's sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Jill sandwiches. So there's another hint to the past. All right, well, I wanted to talk about Halo 2, which I think Halo 2 was one of the biggest Easter egg experiences for me. Not mm-hmm. just in Easter eggs, but exploitable glitches and things like that where there's okay. just a lot of content to explore in both the campaign and the multiplayer. And so the first off thing is a is a glitch that you could use to get outside of things, and that was called sword canceling. And so hmm. sword canceling was a, an interesting thing where when you have the energy sword and your reticle turns red, you hit the trigger and you charge at him to kill. But... If instead you hit the trigger and melee at the same time, you charge, Mm -hmm. but just bump them away. It doesn't do damage. So through this glitch, you can get a guy standing on your head, look up, and keep sword canceling at them while they jump. And so as they jump, they're jumping off your head. You zoom up towards them, but not kill them. They jump again. And you can use this to get really high and, like, get out of levels or get on top of geometry you shouldn't have been able to. Oh. There's no utility to it. It's just, it's really cool and a a fun way to explore levels and see things you shouldn't be able to see. Uh Uh-huh. And um, another glitch is in Zanzibar. There is the super jump. I don't understand how this works whatsoever, but... In the main base area where you can drop the gate to let uh, you know vehicles in and out, there are these windows. If you shatter all the windows, there's this particular one where there's a shard of glass that gets left in it and you can uh-huh. like crouch and walk under that shard of glass and you just keep walking straight and then all of a sudden your screen starts vibrating and then uh-huh. you still hold forward and jump and hold the jump button down. You will then fall from that window, hit the ground, and the second you hit the ground, you get launched like 300 feet up in the air. And then you wow. land on top of the level where you can snipe. Huh. You know, it eventually got patched out with Xbox Live and stuff, but still with the original copies of Halo 2, you can do that. Oh. And it's okay. just so interesting. But okay, so those are glitches. The actual Easter eggs in this game are very interesting. So first off, you know, they started skulls. They had skulls in all the levels and there was no benefit in Halo 2 to collecting those. They still modified your game. Like, each skull had a different thing it would do. Like, oh, this one gets rid of your HUD completely. And it's like, oh, now I can't aim right. Um, Okay. just, Just extra challenges. They later made those, you know, achievements and things you could turn on and off. But... Okay. You could find those skulls. But... Metropolis had both a hidden soccer ball and a scarab gun so the scarab gun was the worst to get because you had to kite this banshee down this really long hallway really hard constantly getting him to follow you and then you have to get him wedged in a certain point and right when it says loading you have to hijack otherwise if you don't hijack it disappears when it says loading And that allows you to fly out into this new area that you should not have a banshee in. You can get on top of a building, and on top of this building is a floating plasma rifle, but it shoots like the cannon from the scarab. So you can just wreck with that gun, and uh, that's really cool. So then in the same area, you can find this building that's kind of like half burnt down, and Uh inside of it on the upper floor is a big soccer ball. Get that soccer ball down and just hit it around. Uh, So one night, Mark, who we had on for the Halo Two episode, him and I, we played this for hours trying to get that banshee, trying to get that thing to work, and we could not get it. We could not get it through that zone, but we knew where the soccer ball was. And we're like, we have to get up there. We are trying everything we can to get up there without this banshee, which I. Is not meant to be possible, and so mm-hmm. we just start like scouring the level, grabbing all vehicles we can and explosives, and are trying to make a pile and climb up to where the soccer ball is. <laughs> it's not possible, and, and trying with like grenade jumps too. You know, you throw a grenade at your feet and then jump, and then the grenade launches you even higher. Mm-hmm. It's like ah, we can't do it. But mm. then, randomly, I was in a banshee. And I was just kind of angry, not a Banshee, a Wraith, which is the tanks, and you can boost. Yeah, I just boosted into the pile, and we noticed there was a Warthog tire that was sitting on the top of this pile. And when I boosted into it, that tire launched. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Get on top of that tire. And I launched into it, and basically just like an elevator, he flew up on that tire and took him right to where the soccer ball was. And
0: wow. it's just like,
1: oh my gosh, I can't believe we just did that in a way that you were not supposed to do it. So wow. then we spent a few minutes just meleeing a soccer ball around, and then you're done. Oh my gosh. That that sounds like an exciting night. It was.
0: <laughs> it definitely begs the question, what is an Easter egg? You know, was that an intended Easter egg? Are Easter eggs always supposed to be intended? When does it become a loophole or a glitch, you know?
1: Well, so yeah, a handful of those things were glitches. But I'd say the skulls especially and the soccer ball mm-hmm. and the scarab gun, like those were intentionally put in there to be painstakingly found. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I would say those are Easter eggs, not glitches.
0: Sounds good to me. <laughs> As are most Easter eggs. Actually, earlier, we I, I think I mentioned that some Easter eggs are, are even literal Easter eggs in video games. Mm-hmm. A couple of literal examples that I can think of off the top of my head are from Grand Theft Auto, and one of them I remember finding myself it it's uh, an Easter egg in a window in a random building in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really hard to get to the actual window, and it's it's uh, like completely patched over with a giant texture, meaning you can't really see it from where you're at. You just have to like do a leap of faith and jump through a wall, pretty much. Hmm. But if you do that and you jump through the window correctly you're in a random room with a a big chocolate egg in the center that says happy easter and that's it <laughs> and then you can take a picture of it and you know get likes on the internet that's basically it grand nice. theft auto has so many yeah exactly i thought it was nice too because i was just proud of myself for getting up there and compete or completing one of my first uh, easter egg finding experiences another one from grand theft auto san andreas is at the very top of the bridge there's a uh, a giant message that says there's no easter eggs up here go away (laughs) (laughs) and there's no easter eggs (laughs) nope even though that is an easter egg in and of itself
1: that's true Mm. also in, in gta 4 you can find the literal heart of the city yeah yeah like inside is it like their statue of liberty equivalent yep So I've not played it. But yeah, you go in there and it's just like this giant beating heart, like suspended by chains. And Uh it's pretty disturbing, actually.
0: Yeah, it is. And you can shoot it and like it like shows blood and everything, but (laughs) it won't do anything. It won't die. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's gross. Typical GTA violence. So like those are fun ones. Right. But there's also a couple that will alter the game that I'm thinking of, too. And the first one I think of is from Banjo-Kazooie. Mm -hmm. If you use too many cheats, it will actually wipe the memory on your game pack. It really does? Yeah, I checked that. (laughs) That doesn't seem fair. (laughs) No, it doesn't, but that's Banjo-Kazooie for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, um, that's a thing. Be careful, because it'll do that. It's a very self-aware game, and it definitely breaks the fourth wall quite a few times. So Very interesting, right?
1: Yeah, and, and that, you know, reminds me of the Metal Gear Solid Easter eggs uh, with, I think, the biggest one being Psychomantis. Yes. Where in that fight, uh, what, he disconnects your controller and you have to plug uh-huh. it into a different slot uh-huh. and he will read your memory card and talk yeah. about what games you've been playing. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. And, you know, I've not actually played these games, so there's probably more, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, there's also in snake eater there's this sniper boss fight named the end and he's this old Uh man yeah and if you get to that fight and then just save and then not play the game for a while when you come back he has just died of old age you don't even have to fight him oh geez yeah wow (laughs) that's interesting holy cow wow (laughs) i like like those are easter eggs done super meta you know Uh uh-huh easter eggs for easter eggs snake are you okay snake snake
0: all right i've I've got one more that i want to bring up because i was really excited to find this one and then after that how about we bring up some of our favorites what do you say
1: i mean that's what i've been doing
0: (laughs) some more of our favorites (laughs) i actually have a top five list here
1: oh you do Mm -hmm. shoot
0: well, oh, it's all good. It's go all good. For it. We can always talk about our favorites, right? Uh, so, from Assassin's Creed 3, there is uh, this thing where if you enter the, you know, what the Konami code, mm-hmm. up up down down left right left right V A, and yes, you okay, buy a turkey, right. <laughs> you will get an assassin turkey. It'll it'll dawn like a an assassin's cloak and everything.
1: Well, it's just like a, the little hood. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> he looks very <laughs> the assassin's hood. So yeah, fun little one. I've never tried it, but it looks fun. So those are some good examples.
1: I've got some Super Mario 64 ones, but you know, a lot of it is just speed running glitches. Oh yeah. But you know, Yoshi being on the top of the castle at the end of the game, that's an Easter egg, right? Yeah, that is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then some that are just kind of code related, but like the Boo laugh and the Bowser laugh are the same. The Boo one is just sped up oh my gosh wow no kidding that's cool and then you've mentioned this one before but the never ending staircase that's a a shepherd's tone which is just a fun musical easter egg it sounds like it's getting higher and higher but it's actually on loop and isn't
0: Yes, yes. Mm. Look that up sometime. It is cool and creepy at the same time. I guess that's the point to be creepy, right?
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you want to go into some top five ones, I've got a list of other ones I can mention as well, real quick.
0: Okay. Um, I did create a top five list, and these were near and dear to my heart based on the time I found them or, you know, like just for general funness. But I'd say my number five is. Oh, shoot. My number five was the first one that I mentioned, the, uh, the paper airplane on top of oh. the, the pillar. And that one, I don't know why that's on my list. It was just really fun. I just remember finding that one and being really happy when I found it. Anyway.
1: Yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's always surprising when you find them yourself, because in this day and age, that's rare. It's all on uh-huh. YouTube or an Internet article first. Like you never get to really experience an Easter egg the way it was intended anymore. Hmm.
0: It's true it's true there's a number four. Oh, actually i thought this one was really cool so in red dead redemption 2 well first off that game takes place in like a fictional version of the united states of america except mm-hmm. places are named differently and essentially look differently but in one of the areas far north in what is a representation of the rocky mountains there is this house like this this hill house that looks like a hobbit house and it's it's hard to find it's off the beaten path and you cannot go inside it or really interact with it but when arthur the main character writes about it in his journal it's called the mysterious house and it's pretty quick and passing like i wonder who lived here but it's very obviously a reference to lord of the rings especially or i should say the hobbit specifically especially because very close to that is a waterfall and there's, like, uh, a body at the bottom, and uh, when he you find it, he writes in his notebook about how someone, using colorful language, went over the waterfall in a barrel. Oh. <laughs> so, like, yeah. oh, dwarves? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, an- another subtle reference to the uh, Lord of the Rings. And I had to look that one up so that I wasn't, you know, going crazy, and a lot of people were saying <laughs> the same thing, like, oh, come on, that is obviously the Hobbit, so... That game is full of a lot of. I mean, that's the thing. At
1: big open world games, there's so much room for Easter mm-hmm. eggs. You know, like, yeah. look at WoW. WoW is full of char- like just NPCs that are referencing other characters in real uh-huh. life. Or, uh, you know, like there's a Robin Williams genie in there you can find. There's oh, a, really? There's a boss fight with a guy who has rum ham. And it's, if you don't know, that's a reference to Danny DeVito in Always Sunny. And it's just, the boss is this real short squat guy with like crazy hair. And uh, yeah, it's, it's Danny DeVito in Wow, basically. That's awesome. Will you stop being so dramatic? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's the rum ham? Where's the rum... Ah! Ah! Run him! No, Frank, stay in the boat! Frank, stay in the boat! I'm sorry, him. (laughs) Okay, I uh, can picture that right now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like Red Dead, I know in the first one, there was this treasure you could find that was Mm -hmm. in the same place as like the treasure, not treasure, but the box hidden at the end of Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool, cool. I like that. So, number four on my list is the Star Wars Arcade in Rebel Strike on the Mm -hmm. GameCube. Yeah. Mm. Yes, a very good one, because uh, I did have to enter this via cheat code, but you can unlock a... (laughs) You can unlock the um, Imperial Starship hangar, pretty much, Mm -hmm. and walk around as Darth Vader in what they turn into pretty much an arcade with three of the classic star wars original movies games uh new hope and empire strikes back and return of the jedi and you walk close to those uh video game cabinets or the game cabinets and it becomes all disco-y and a death star disco ball comes down (laughs) i love that yeah it's cool isn't it you can play each of those arcade games and i loved it because Prior to that, I'd only seen him at Chuck E. Cheese one year, and I never
1: got to play it because it was oh. there's a line for it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my number three. Here's a good one. This one actually had to be leaked by the makers, and that was in Arkham Asylum. You can go into this warden's office mm-hmm. and blow up a wall that no one ever did, or at least no one ever posted about. Okay. And in there are plans to relocate arkham asylum to arkham city like it's the approval to create arkham city so it's like they mm. spoiled the sequel in the first game and no one ever knew mm. so that was cool that is cool i like actually that. It reminds me of how in rogue squadron they had to leak that the naboo Starfighter was in there
0: yeah yeah right
1: and that so came out before
0: episode one yeah what else you got my number two is portal the cake is a lie I think, I mean, I, well, I guess like
1: the, the Ratman places,
0: the Ratman places. Well, I guess it's all encompassing, like finding the hidden areas behind the scenes. That is all kind of an Easter egg that really is not essential to completing the game, but helps right. you discover some of the back lore and really kind of understand the stakes of what's going on, you know, finding yeah. uh, the, the hidden lived in areas from previous test subjects. That one was really fun for me
1: yeah yeah it definitely it definitely made the game more ominous and it's not it's not really hidden it is something that it does intend you to find but Mm -hmm. not not required and it's
0: not super obvious it's only mildly obvious yeah (laughs) uh
1: so the next one i'll mention is diablo 2 the cow level and the cow level very weird you go in and it's a bunch of cows standing on their hind legs Holding axes, and they just walk Whoa. around. Going, moo, moo! <laughs> it's clearly like Whoa. just the staff Whoa. yelling, "Moo!" <laughs> that Whoa. sounds like a fever dream. Whoa. Yeah, it is. No. And so, a fun Mo. kind Mo. of reference Mo. is that in Mo. Diablo three, when Diablo three was being announced and shown off, people were like, "Oh, this d- it looks too colorful. It doesn't look as dark as Diablo two. And <laughs> to kind of mock that point. They put in this hidden unicorn level where it is super colorful and rainbow and green and you're just killing unicorns (laughs) and (laughs) it's a ton of fun. Uh, That was a cool reference to be like, oh, you you thought this game was too colorful. Here's too colorful.
0: I love it. The developers getting right back, like saying, what now? (laughs) I got to say, I'm going to finalize this here with my favorite Okay. Easter egg and that would be the Mario pictures in Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time
1: oh yeah mm-hmm.
0: that has got to be the first Easter egg I remember ever finding and being extremely excited about and my friends basically gaslighting me into thinking I was crazy because they <laughs> couldn't see it for some reason and I thought that I was going crazy because they said that so jokes on them now I, I yeah. know a bunch of jerks and tell you what Who's laughing now? Me.
1: I'm laughing too.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Especially nice. in the DS version where they're much higher res. Well, in the DS one, they completely changed them because isn't it in the N64, they're just like stained glass pictures?
0: Oh, they're just like they're they're like portraits on the wall. But yeah, yeah. the DS is
1: the DS one, it's much more clear what you're looking at. Yeah, it is. It's like a Mario level, I think. Yeah, know? yeah, it's like a side scrolling level. It's not them it's not specifically mario i don't think
0: mm-hmm.
1: so i've got a a, a couple i'll go for real quick uh, okay. a great one is mortal Kombat. toasty mm-hmm. wait when what the is toasty it guy, toasty <laughs> do you not know what i'm talking about <laughs> i don't think so sorry uh, so there's this guy there dan Forden. dan toasty okay. Forden. and i guess it started from him where when he was playing people he'd mock them he's like I predict toast, like I'm going to toast you. And so in the original, I think it's like anytime you did an uppercut, or huh? maybe it was randomized, but I think an uppercut triggered it. Just this little sprite of him would pop up in the corner and go, Toasty! And that has stuck around in in pretty much all the games. Huh. Yeah. Wait, it's just, hold it's on. It's really weird.
0: So that's not like even a cheat that's like in the actual game and it's randomly triggered?
1: I'm going to send you a a quick clip.
0: Cool. I'm going to watch this and get a real-time reaction.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. I love it. So, yeah, Toasties, that's been around forever in Mortal Kombat. Cool. Apparently, I didn't catch this while we were playing Halo 4, but in Halo 4, you can hear Conan O'Brien and Andy Richter as some Marines just with some goofy dialogue, so I haven't listened to that yet. Here, I'll I'll put in, here's some Conan and Andy in Halo 4. This is a pretty sweet union we're in. It's fantastic. Stand near the crates, but don't ever move them. Right. Right. If anybody even looks at the crates, that's a violation.
0: Oh, yeah. Don't
1: you think rugs would warm this up a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Just like, Literally, I'm not talking wall-to-wall, but like five area rugs. Mm Mm-hmm. Or some oriental rugs. And you know what? Suddenly it's a whole different vibe in here. Right. I think something's up.
1: What? I think there's going to be a war with an alien they awoke from an ancient slumber. Oh, that, that is stupid. I know. I mean, I don't know much. I mostly just load crates, but that is stupid. You know what? There's one thing my grandpa told me. Never awaken an alien from an ancient slumber very nice <laughs> All right and so this last one is actually pretty dark have you have you played half life 2? Mm, I've played a little not enough to you know, right. have a huge knowledge of it. well you you're aware of the crabhead zombies Yes I and am. They've got a pretty chilling scream or like you know whatever they're yelling at you uh-huh it's uh, unpleasant. apparently they're yelling God help and help me. But played in reverse. Oh my gosh! So oh, that's actually, creepy. I'm, here's a fun editing thing. I'm going to try to do this myself. So here's here's a normal scream that they do, and then here I'm going to put it in reverse. God help, help me! Uh, God help, help me! So. Did it work? I, I hope it worked. Was Is it uh, unsettling? <laughs> mm. Yeah, Easter Just the
0: idea is unsettling for sure. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Well, uh, gotta say, this is a very good list of Easter eggs. And as we were talking about this, I thought of a lot more, but we don't really have time for that, do we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this was good. I'm glad we got to talk about these today.
1: Yeah. Easter eggs are really cool. It's a, like I said, I think it's, it's like a wink from the makers to the audience. Mm -hmm. and it makes things feel a little more inclusive, right, in in that uh, circumstance that it's like, yeah, I'm in on this. I get what Mm -hmm. you're doing there. And giving replayability, reasons to go back and find things. Mm -hmm. It's just a very cool feature that is interesting that it's really been here since 1979, and I can't imagine games without them.
0: Yeah, for sure. And here's a challenge for all the uh, listeners out there. If you can count how many times we said the word Easter eggs, including that one, maybe we'll do something fun. How about that? An Easter egg <laughs> hunt for all of you.
1: Oh, we should have put an Easter egg in this episode. Oh, maybe yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll say something in reverse somewhere in the episode.
0: Maybe it's already there and we're just trying to throw them off.
1: I don't know. But we should have planned that a little better. How could we put an Easter egg in here?
0: <laughs> oh, well, it's all good. This was a good discussion anyway. I said we go ahead and wrap this up and let's have some fun searching for more Easter eggs. And if any <laughs> of you have any fun Easter eggs, email them to us and maybe we'll mention them.
1: And you can email us at regionunlockedpodcast at gmail.com or talk to us on Twitter or Instagram. So with that, thank you everyone for listening. My name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. Have an awesome dirty week. Minasan, saunara. Saturday. And now the can see a skill and skills. Now we can serve many of my characters in it. Now let's see if anyone actually plays that in reverse. I don't know how <laughs> they would. <laughs>